I like to start off with a little gas, a little mm-hmm. gas in the tank, you know? Hello. <laughs> Welcome back to another round of Will the Park Open? <laughs> Just kidding. It's that Park Life Podcast. What's up, everybody? Hey, hope everyone's having a good week. Not a whole it's lot going on in the Disney news, right? It's 2020, so it's yeah. just another week. <laughs> just another week. Um, um, I don't know if you have heard about this, but we're, you know, we're getting the sandstorms now. Yeah, I don't think, luckily, it's coming to this part of Florida. Yeah, it seems so like it's west coming coast. Here. Coming here tomorrow, so I'm oh, looking boy. forward to that. Oh. I didn't even know this was a thing. Doug was like, yeah, it comes like every year. I was like, what? What? I don't remember the Sahara sandstorms <laughs> from every year. Like, I guess it's just because it's 2020. And I'm like, I'm just so literally I just went and added it to my list. You know, I who mean, had sandstorms in, Ju- in, Ju- in July? OK. All right. Yeah. Shelby. Sh- oh, man, you just missed the cut, man. It's right <laughs> in the end of June there. <laughs> um, here's the thing. I don't know much about the sandstorm and I feel like a, a dumb person because I thought it was coming on the other side in the Gulf of Mexico. So I guess I'm I'm bad. Well, there. No, I think, I think it's coming up that way, like over. Uh, I understand what you're uh, saying. I have to go yeah. look at the map. It just looks like a big brown blob on the map. I'm like, well, this this pretty much just looks like what 2020 is. Um, do you know who did predict? If you had to take one guess, who do you think is a group of people that predicted this particular thing that you are that you're talking about that's coming? Elon your way? Musk. Uh, incorrect. <laughs> These people. <laughs> I forgot about that. Wait for you. Got to wait for it to kick in. Needs to be louder. Needs to be louder. Yeah. Oh, it's coming. There it is. That is uh, Darude when the name of that song is Sandstorm, for those of you who have no idea what the hell I'm talking about. Yes, one of our uh, football teams here in the state, that is like their theme song. So <laughs> it's like a big deal. And it's if it doesn't amp you up, I don't know what you're I don't know. Is. Seriously. And you know what the it joke about that amp. song is? I know this is not Disney related. We'll get back to talking about um, what are we well, doing today? Our deep, our deep dive of spinning rides of Disney. Yeah, it I don't is. Know. But that song was on the radio, and there were no words. It's just music, and like you could still sing to it. Isn't that nuts? And people would still call and be like, "Yeah, put on that sandstorm put, put on that song." Sandstorm song. Who are these? I don't know what accent that was. I'm so you sorry. You just really want to jump around and like fling glow sticks. I mean, in what's the air? not to know. like? Like, come on. Um, here it is. I don't know. Guys, if you have a glow stick, whip it out. All right, I'm probably breaking rules by playing actual real-life music. So um, we got a jam-packed show, believe it or not, now that we've been rambling. Um, Deep dives. A new deep dive category. For those of you with motion sickness, I'm so sorry. Yeah, it kind of rhymes. Deep dives on spinning rides. There we go. Um, So it turns out there's quite a few spinning rides in the four parks here. Um, In the categories of rides, like if you go on the My Disney Experience app or even on the Disney website, it does categorize the rides. So I just out of curiosity, I went on the app and I, I did the filter of spinning rides. And I didn't agree with all of the rides. So we didn't include all of mm-hmm. what they call spinning rides in here. Right. <laughs> because um, it's got to like real. I, well, we also did Primeval Whirl already. Um, and it's like tough because the ride spins, but I don't consider that a spinning ride. Does that make sense? 
I don't know. Maybe it doesn't yeah, make I think sense. It spins to make you want to die. Yes. But, um, just the it's same not a spinning ride. It's I a roller coaster. Yeah, and I wouldn't call like when the Guardians of the Galaxy ride opens a spinning ride. That's a coaster because it just happens We're to talking spin. Talking about things where you go in circles. Yes. So overall, um, throughout this episode and our next one, when we we continue this, we'll be talking about Astro Orbiter, Dumbo, Teacups, and Magic Carpets. That's today, mm-hmm. and then we have left to cover the uh, Regal Carousel, Triceratops Spin, and Alien Swirling Saucers. Which I'm excited about the carousel because there's a lot of history there. Yeah. A carousel is the jam. And then you're like, I don't know. Once you find out the info, I feel like you'll be like, I kind of want to ride it now. Yeah. I'm excited. <laughs> but th- again, sorry to disappoint. Not today's episode. Today we're not, not talking today. about the carousel. Next today we, time. Today we got Astro Orbiter. Next time on Deep Dives of Spinning Rides. <laughs> um, so do you want to get us started? I don't know. So we have Astro Orbiter, Dumbo, sure. Teacups, and Magic Carpets. We got a couple in the same area there. Kind yeah, of. I'll do. Uh, we'll start with Astro Orbiters. So... Let's see what Disney says. Disney says, pilot a spaceship high in the sky amid a gleaming constellation of planets. Lift off! Hold on tight as your as your retro two-passenger spacecraft levitates high into the air, picks up speed, and begins orbiting a galaxy of planets while the sights and sounds of Tomorrowland whirl by far below. Um, and then it also says, you're the captain now. Control how high you fly by pulling or pushing the lever inside your ship. Oh. Yeah. They always have like so many different little things. I'm like, can we just put this all in one paragraph? Like, yes. why is it all chopped up on the website? <laughs> um, also, something that I thought was fun that I did not notice before, when you go to the website and you click on like for each ride for the rides. Yeah. Um, now they have like moving pictures. So like the moving like video for Astro yes. Orbiter, Orbiter is actually pretty cool. Yeah, you got like a little idea of what it looks like in motion. Yeah, and they have like you know they put some really nice looking stars. It's like a nighttime scene, but the stars in the background and stuff. It looks really cool. I was hmm. like, oh, that's kind of new. I showed Doug. He's like, uh, yeah, great, great, Beth. Um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I just thought that was cool. <laughs> so origin story um, in 1956, the first rocket spinner attraction opened at Disneyland. So a lot of these things started Disneyland. Mm-hmm. You know, I always talk about it. I have to kind of talk about origin that way. Um, it was known as the Astro Jets to begin with. They were similar to several several versions found in traveling carnivals. Uh, the jets, they made a 50-foot circle around a large red checkered rocket, and guests were able to climb upwards of 36 feet in the ride vehicles from the ground level that they were boarded at. Hmm. Um, so this was, like, obviously not up in the air to begin with. Uh, the name Astro Jets was changed in 1964 because United Airlines took over as new sponsors, and they were like, hey, the um, Astro like jet or whatever, That's they felt like it was free advertising for American Airlines, coast-to-coast Astro Jet. Gotcha. So they changed it after the dispute um they changed it to the tomorrowland jets real creative there yeah, really. on airline <laughs> they're like well i don't know what's something cool we could do with that let's oh. just name it tomorrowland jets that name lasted until september of 66 and then the attraction was closed to make room for the new renovated tomorrowland so in disneyland it returned in 67 as the rocket jets i, I mean a little better Getting they a little just better. can't get rid of the jets no um it, this was located basically on top of the new people mover platform and it was accessible from ground level via an elevator. So they actually were the first ones to put it up on top, um, cool. on top of the uh, people mover. The focal point of this version was its replica Saturn, which was an uh, V slash NASA themed rocket in the center. The version remained open until 1997 when it closed for renovations with the rest of Tomorrowland. And the new form of the attraction opened one year later as the Astro Orbiter at mm. Disneyland. Um, they also have one in Disneyland Paris. Yes, at the steampunky version of uh, Tomorrowland. Yeah. Yes. So in the Magic Kingdom, 
The Astro Orbiter opened in on November 28th, 1974 as the Star Jets. Mm. So it, it even originally was not the Astro Orbiter in Disney World. It was called the Star Jets. And they um, kept that Jets name. Yeah. Three years after the park opening, uh, Tomorrowland underwent a massive expansion, including the creation of Space Mountain, which was a new location for the Disneyland attraction, uh, the Carousel of Progress, and then the Wedway People Mover. So the Star Jets were considered the focal point um, due to the like soaring spinning rockets as a central location. Um, so our version was based on the Disneyland version and bo- like for both locations where we're on top of the People Mover platform in that style. But our Magic Kingdom vehicles were different from the previous ones. They were much larger, and they featured a flatter back end and larger tail fin. So Remind you of anyone? Bit... A flatter back end? <laughs> and a larger tail fin. <laughs> um, so ours were a little bit bigger because they're like Disney, Disney World. We got to do it bigger and better. Yeah. Um, as far as construction, some of the statistics that I found on that. So it's a rocket spinner attraction, obviously. Um, the vehicles are rockets. We've talked about that. Uh, there's 12 in the like set of them, I guess, like mm-hmm. on the ride, there's 12 rockets, two riders per vehicle. And the duration of the ride is a minute and a half. So if you're waiting in line for the Astro Orbiter at Disney World and you're like, it's like a two hour wait. Well, the ride is a minute and a half, just so you know. <laughs> um, so differentiating from Disneyland, our jets appear to look more like space shuttles. So in ours were obviously they're open air vehicles. They're attached to a central axis by a 20 foot arm. The vehicles hold up the two passengers. We talked about that. And they just go round and round. Um, and it's 60 feet above the ground. Mm. And then you can also, there's a control a control stick and you can go up and down. So that's, I think, that, I think that's one of the cool things is where, I don't know, if you grew up going to like the fair or carnivals mm-hmm. and stuff like that and you get on those rides, like you can't control how high you're going. It's yep. basically like you go up and down. And that's but it. But I love the fact that that's like part of the control mechanism is like, well, you want to go higher? Let's go higher. You want to go down? Let's go down. Um, so there's that little stick in there. That's what she said. What? What? Um, okay. So how it's changed over the years. On January 10th, 1994, the original Star Jets closed in order to undergo a complete makeover as part of the new Tomorrowland. Um, it was redesigned and reopened on April 30th of 94 as the Astro Orbiter. So the name change in Magic Kingdom came in 94. Um, it was part of the complete renovation. Let's see. It says it featured the one of the newer features after that was a highly stylized ironwork tower in lieu of the center rocket, along with various planets on the outside of the attraction to appear as if the rockets were weaving between the planets. It's cool. So we didn't we didn't always have those planets there. Mm-hmm. Um, those were added later. And then other cool facts. I feel like this was kind of a short one. Um, yeah. It does 11 rotations per minute mm-hmm. and it averages 1.2 million miles a year. My gosh. In case now, you didn't cover it, like I have, I had my book open to that page and look, there's little fun facts. Oh. Just like you were saying. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Somebody probably got these from that book. Yeah. Um, And I was like, but it ain't going to be 1.2 million miles this year. Nope. Oops. Um, and uh, so from 1994 to 2009, the narration for the Tomorrowland Transit Authority, uh, the ride was referred to as the League of Planets Astro Orbiter. Ooh. I did not know that. So I thought that was kind of cool. I'm kind of curious about how the speed of this ride compares to Dumbo or Triceratops spin and stuff, because for the longest time, Nicole wouldn't go on Astro Orbiter. And one of our, maybe like our second or our third trip together or something, we, I convinced her somehow to go on it. And, and I hadn't been on it in, I mean, like years and years and years, just not, I don't dislike it. I just never went on it. And I swear it goes faster than the carpets or Dumbo or stuff. So maybe it's just because like the things around you are also spinning. So maybe it creates the feeling of going faster. I don't know. Yeah, some of 
these things are like harder to well honestly okay so the duration is a minute and 30 let me see what uh the duration is for well i guess it doesn't matter they just go longer yeah it just they'd be doing more rotations per minute but that, that data is harder to find yeah um, it's just some of these things you know there's a ton of information on and some of these rides are just not a lot that's why i wish i had like like i know disney has some kind of secret archive where they have all this information somewhere that we just need to hack into their system yeah really um but yeah that was pretty much it Astro Orbiter. Astro Orbiter. It does offer some cool views of the park. Oh, and it's I know this is... It's really cool at nighttime. Yeah. I mean, the lights are really cool. I just think like... Well, you know how if you watch the Imagineering story, you may have known this separate from that, but they talked about how it was Walt's vision to have things be moving in the background, to have what, what yes. could be referred to as a kinetic energy throughout mm -hmm. the parks. And this is the... Right. moving centerpiece of Tomorrowland, right? So even if you don't see a people mover cart go by and obviously Carousel of Progress is spinning, you know the rockets are going crazy in Space Mountain, but if you were to look at the land, it would look, I don't want to say dead, but not very lively, right. but with those, the things spinning in the center, you just, things are always moving and it gives you that vibe of like, things are moving and shaking. Well, it's like you're at the carnival, like when, or yeah. the fair. Like when you go to the fair, there's, things are moving all over the place the whole time you're there. Yes. And so there is, you just feel that kind of energy of like, it's not just people walking around. And um, I guess, I mean, let's, so let's move over to Fantasyland, which is not far because you walk not that far from Astro Orbiter. You can see the teacups. So go I over there. Though. And this is, this is kind of the same thing. I mean, these teacups are spinning, obviously. That's what the ride is mm -hmm. doing. So this offers as well some of that always in motion vibe to an area where you don't see a whole lot. I mean, you can see the speedway over there, but this is it's almost kind of like a, a passage over here where you yeah. stop at the teacups I on the way. Like, I do feel like the teacups are more of a, like, what's the word I'm thinking of? They're a little more concealed because they got the roof and they're surrounded by yeah. bricks and shrubs. No, I just mean like important in the history of like the parks. Like people are like, what's the Astro Order? But you say teacups and they're people like, People oh, know. Yeah, well, I mean, it's, I it's a... It's a ride that exists. Hot Can heart. I tell you, I work at the amusement park I worked at. We had a teacup ride, which I'll talk about in a minute because I've operated that ride and I'm curious yeah. how it relates or compares to the Disney ride. I love ride. your stories about when you were a carny. Well, I kind of was a, a little bit of a carny, except we weren't traveling. <laughs> we were pretty permanent because that park is still there and it's been there since it's been and there for a while, maybe the year 2000. Um, 2001, I think maybe it opened up. I don't know. It's changed its name. But let's talk about the origin story and how Disney yeah. talks about teacups and a little bit of history, which is going to date back to Disneyland a little bit. We'll talk about that because it's an opening day attraction at mm -hmm. Disney World. So obviously the idea came from Disneyland because they had it right. at opening. So uh, Disney has this to say about the Mad Tea Party, which is the official title. Mm. Pour yourself into an oversized pastel teacup and twirl through a wild wonderland of color and song. Okay. Oh. As the party gets underway, sail back and forth around a towering teapot as festive music fills the air, along with chunks of food from your kid's vomit. I, I added that part at the end. Um, so the when developing and, this... And your favorite song, A Very Merry on Birthday <laughs> to you, to you. What if it is your birthday and the song is a lie? It's your unbirthday. Yes, yeah, so I'm saying that if you That's go on true. the day that oh, is your yeah. actual birthday, what are the chances though, right? Lame. Yeah, really. <laughs> so Imagineers considered the tea party scene from the movie as the most memorable scene or one of the most memorable scenes from the movie. And it, they thought it would lend itself really well to an attraction that they could actually conceivably do in the park. So they chose this and they thought it would be cool to take us into 
the world of Alice in Wonderland with such mm-hmm. an iconic vibe and scene from the movie. And I think they did it like, it's true. I mean, Disneyland yeah. also has the Alice in Wonderland ride right next to the teacups. You kind of get right. both. But for Disney World, this is our little adventure into into that like world. This fits more, fits the bill more. It's yeah, like a mad tea party. Like yes, everyone, you want to feel a little bit crazy when you get off of it. Yeah, and that's the thing, actually, and that's my next note is at the end of the ride, they are kind of getting you to feel maybe a little disoriented as you, as probably Alice felt after experiencing her first tea party with the Mad Hatter. As, as probably the people that wrote that story. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> They were spinning as well, just yeah. <laughs> just in a different way for different reasons. More of an inhale, exhale type of a thing. Yes. <laughs> um, so let's talk about construction of this and some other statistics along the way. This is an opening day attraction. So opening day, 1971, boom, teacups were there. However, and if you were watching one of our live shows with the mouselets who were showing some old yes. photos, you Thinking saw it didn't have a roof. Yeah. So the Disneyland the version... Fun. Yeah. Can you imagine how often no. they had to do that paint job? Well, Disneyland's version still doesn't have a roof ah. because they just don't get the same type of rain that we get daily. It's been raining every mm-hmm. single day here pretty much right now. It's the summer. And uh, and although it is hot, it's not the same type of heat yeah. that it is over here in Disney, Disney World. Um, in 1973, they added a roof and they also added a central teapot, which is the center point of the attraction. So in terms of this ride and how it all works, and you can probably figure it out by looking at it, there are three small turntables, which all rotate clockwise, and they each hold six cups. So there's a total of 18 cups total in this big giant thing. Mm-hmm. Um, all of that is on one large turntable that's rotating counterclockwise. So the whole thing spins one way, and yeah. the, the mini platform that you're on spins the other way, and then you can spin your cup however you want by grabbing the centerpiece right. and turning it one way or the other or if you're me and you got soccer into going on with your nieces yours is always broken isn't that weird you happen to pick the cup or the turning thing is broken it's just so odd uh, what are the chances what a bummer what a bummer i mean you, you expect the most I, sh- I should have asked for a refund do you wait hold on let's back up do you legitimately tell them it's broken the most recent time i was like guys i guess it's not working i don't know what's going on and Oops. they're not trying to push it themselves. Well, my hands are on it and I'm making it look like I'm turning it, but I'm actually holding it still. So in case they turn it, I'm actually preventing them from turning because I'm still stronger than they are. So once they continue to age and be educated, right. they're going to be like, point, they're going to figure it out. Yeah, they're going to figure it out. At which point, be like, no, 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 no. We were in that one. We tried that one last year yeah. and it was broken. So no. we're not going to get in that one. And you know, my niece has no problem. The one, the young one has right. no problem calling me out. Oh, yeah. Calling anyone out She'll of their baloney. She'll, She'll tell, tell me what's up. up. But I figure by the time they're old enough to go where they're realizing what I'm doing, they'll go on their own. They don't need to Yeah, adult. I was going to say they didn't go by themselves. Go, on, go like, by your damn self. <laughs> the um, Oh, so I want to talk about this because the ride obviously has like a brake system involved and blah, 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 yeah. blah. But ours at, um, at the amusement park I worked at on Long Island, we had a button on our control panel that allowed us to lock the spinning cup. So the ride wouldn't stop. Uh-huh. But if I felt that like a kid was going to get sick or if they were spinning in a way that almost was dangerous, because if you could really like really spin those, get real fast in those. Or if I was like kind of just being a jerk because I was a teenager, I'd press the brake button to like make (laughs) everyone miserable. So um, slow them down slowly or just like straight stop. It's not like a where they would get jerked, but it would it was within like two seconds they would stop. Okay. So I'm assuming that they have the same button on the ride here because they don't want people to get stuck on the ride. So you can tell, like, you can kind of tell sometimes if someone's like making the well, heaving I'm just motion. Curious if, I don't. I think I've never paid attention to the fact that maybe I've seen them use it. 
Well, here's the thing. You might not know if they use it because if you're right. not spinning, if you're just kind of not having your hands on it, you might not feel the difference because you can't stop the ride immediately. There's no emergency stop yeah. on that ride. Yeah. Because if it is, everyone goes flying out of the cup, to be honest. Uh, everyone. Every so on, the, on our ride in New York, and I'm sure that's very similar, when we either the ride would time out or if we had to do a quote emergency, an e-stop, an emergency stop, it was probably like 15 seconds before it was done spinning. I mean, it would slow, but it's got to like right. the brakes yeah. are engaging and it's kind of slowly going. And uh, and we would hop on before it was stopped because it was kind of the game was, can you hop on the platform while it's moving and not fall off? By the way, right. not safety first. So um, I'm sure it's the same way. So you can you can actually stop the spinning of the individual cups before the ride actually stops because there was a time in Disneyland where there weren't um, any way, there wasn't any way to slow the cups from spinning at a certain speed at all. And it would continue to go like as the ride stopped, like the cups didn't have individual oh breaks. So even though the ride was yeah. over, you can still sit there and spin. Yeah. Whereas now they're locked until the ride is fully engaged, yeah. which I'm and sure you know, someone a bunch got of teenagers hurt. Teenagers would get on there and just they'd play like who who's going to hurl first. Yeah. Well, or that, or if you're spinning it while people are boarding the ride, if you walk by, you're going to get smacked by like the handle of the teacup. Yeah. The, like, I don't know. Technology hasn't gotten there yet. People will yes, get there. <laughs> it's not worth it. Give everyone bruises. So uh, the ride is one minute and thirty seconds, which is going to be the theme because yeah. both of my rides today have that duration, and I have a feeling and that. Half? Yeah, that I don't know what you're going to tell me Dumbo is, but I wouldn't be surprised to hear it's the same as Astro Orbiter. Need to go look. Um, so it's a minute and 30 seconds. There, uh, let's talk about some elements in the general area, then the ride itself that were designed, were put there to bring you into the into the vibe of Alice in Wonderland. You'll notice the control booth obviously is themed. It's not just some random little hut where the cast member works in there and presses their, their beep boobop buttons to get the ride going. It is the March Hare's house. So if you haven't even noticed it because you're just waiting to get on the ride, you're just looking at the center teapot, yeah. just take a look. There's a little bit of theming there. There's obviously the Japanese lanterns strung about here and in Disneyland too. There are a bunch of topiaries around the ride that are supposed to be themed in a whimsical way to make you kind of get that vibe. Um, some manicured hedges as well. There's a bunch of, I guess they're like leaves. It's weird because in trying to find out like how I'm supposed to refer to these objects, no one was using like the word leaf that I could find. So you know what I'm mm -hmm. talking about, right? Like outside the attraction, there's the teapots. You can see the big topiaries. Obviously, there's teapots and plates and saucers and whatnot. But yeah. there's also like these big, giant, colorful or pastel right. like leaves that are out there. I don't, don't like butterfly wings. So I think some of them look like it, but some of them are just straight up like a leaf petal or whatever you want. It's a leaf. So okay. um, I don't know why they went with that particular like piece of a plant. I actually can't find information on that, but you'll see them. But the overall color kind of brings you. Well, it actually kind of matches the color scheme ish of like small world. Like if you think about because I know Mary Blair was involved with the design of the original teacups i couldn't confirm that she was for disney world because if you look at the designs of the two cups they are different disneyland's original like the original design the mary blair one does not look like the ones we have now with the little squiggly lines on them so right. I, cu I couldn't confirm that mary blair had anything to do with ours but for sure disneyland so that might explain the color patterns because the color patterns kind of resemble what you would associate with small world so maybe that's maybe it's like okay. a kind of a long term like a long yeah. distance kind of rounding out the land because that's pretty much the end of fantasy land right the teacups once you go past the teacups you're walking into now storybook circus but then toontown fair or mickey right. starland or whatever 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 um the original designs like i'm talking about for the ride um were a little were a little wild so i, I mentioned 
how the brake system is a little bit different, but the original design concept for the Disneyland version had the had 20 teacups and they were circling a central hub kind of like a racetrack. So as opposed to them being spinning cups, they were moving cups going around a track, like probably at a, at a fast paced speed, Yeah, which I think they went with the right choice. I think I, I think I like <laughs> this version of it. Yes. Um, they also originally were trying to get the Mad Hatter's dinner table in the center of the ride with all kinds of things around it, but they wound up doing differentiating it and different uh, versions of this around the world have different centerpieces, but ours is the big teapot it, it's changed a little bit over time not like a whole lot i mean i mentioned they added a roof so that was good um in 92 they redid it with a new color scheme um some new music and they juiced up the lanterns there in 2010 the canopy was repainted because i think it was just like a a plain color now it's a little bit more colorful yeah yeah um over the years they've done some seasonal changes like for the halloween party they do it up with yeah. smoke music i think even like laser lights and stuff and it's cool i want you to feel really crazy yeah it's not a permanent change but it definitely you know is a different experience something to add yeah Yeah. so here's here's some cool facts with a z and one of this you're gonna have to follow me here because it's a little in depth on something but i had no idea that this is a thing at the teacups and it's not even really teacup related but it exists here at this ride i'll save that for last um, you may notice a little creature popping out of the teapot. That's the mm-hmm. Dormouse from yes. Alice in Wonderland. I didn't know it, it had a name. I really don't know much about Alice in Wonderland, it turns out, until I was reading up on it here. Um, in doing some research, now, I don't know if I can post this photo. And Beth, I'm going to show this to you so that you can tell me how you feel about it. But, you know, just because I haven't been to the parks in now a couple of months, I just went out there on YouTube, watched a, a video of the teacups just to, like, reor- reorient myself with the teacups in general, whatever, whatever. Like, what's the music like? Because I truly don't remember off the top of my head. And I was watching the little dormouse pop his little head up. So I paused the YouTube video of this particular thing on this cup. And now, be honest with me. You don't have to say dirty words. But what does the design <laughs> on this teacup look like? You tell me. Okay. It's like Disney version of a phallus. Yes. That's a straight up <laughs> item on a male's body. So... I don't, I'm not, I can't be the only one who has seen that. So, you know what? Maybe when the day this episode releases. The only immature one that's seen it. No, well, you know what? No, I will. I refuse to buy that. I'm going to, I'm going to put up a poll. I'm going to, I want you all to tell me if you think I'm crazy for seeing what I see in this teacup. So feel free to vote. We're going to start a new Instagram account called the penises of of Disney. Well, there's phallic wall from the Morocco Pavilion. <laughs> no, you have to cut that out. I'm not. So you might call that a circumcision. So um, <laughs> um, this is all staying in because I think we're all mature adults here, right? We can handle this. <laughs> Sorry, Jen Drennan. <laughs> Whatever. She has boys. They'll figure it out. So anyway, I just want to share that photo hidden, with you. It's going to be a new hunt, like the hidden penises yes. of Disney World. <laughs> it's definitely a new, um, what are those things called? Forget Scavenger Forget the hidden Mickey's, guys. Yes, this, this is, is the adult version. The not, every time you find one, you have to drink a cocktail. The not-so-hidden wieners of Walt Disney World. Okay. There you go, so wieners. <laughs> there are five versions of the ride, um, and it was an opening day attraction in four of those parks. Mm, Disneyland yeah. or Tokyo is the only one where it was not the opening day. Um, and this is more of a general... is like tea their thing? Come on. I don't know. Maybe. So the 10-6 label that you see on the hat of... The Mad Hatter, you've seen it, right? It's the 10 and then the slash and the six. Do you mm-hmm. happen to know what that refers to? 
I used to know, but I don't remember. It's now. not a hat size. So sometimes you look and think it's supposed to be yeah. like a whimsical, almost like the platform nine and three quarters or a Potter. It, it wasn't like a date or something. Was no, it? it's just the cost. It costs 10 shillings oh. and six pence. Okay, so consider it a cool. price tag. JK, everyone. JK. So this is what I was talking about um, okay. in, in when I first started out this cool facts segment that you're going to have to follow me down this path. If you will, follow me down the rabbit hole on this one. Here we go, down the rabbit hole. You may have seen one of the colorful leaves I'm talking about in this area with a quote on it. I think there might actually be more than one quote, but there is one particular quote from a name that you may have never heard. Um, his name is Randy, and I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing his name. He's no longer with us. It's either Pausch or Posh. I'm going to say Pausch. Okay. It looks like it's pronounced Pausch. He was a professor of computer science at Carnegie Mellon. He also was a Walt Disney Imagineer. He mm -hmm. uh, filled that role when he was on sabbatical from being a professor. And he, at some point in his career, was given a terminal diagnosis. Mm -hmm. um, he had pancreatic cancer, and they gave him three to six months to live. Obviously, that had some impact on his life. He wound up becoming a part of the mainstream in kind of an early viral YouTube video, because this was like 2007, 8-ish, where okay. YouTube videos didn't really go viral as often as they do now. Right. You know what I'm saying? This was so like if something went yeah. viral, everybody heard about it, where now there's like 10 viral videos you may not have even heard about. Right. So he wound up doing a speech or a lecture, which he called The Last Lecture, really achieving your childhood dreams. And again, I mentioned it went, went viral on YouTube. I wound up being turned into a book, which wound up being a bestseller on the New York Times list. He happened wow. to be a Disney fan. He had, like I mentioned, he was an Imagineer. And when he passed away, he was only 47. So obviously wow. he was not ready to go. He was yeah. given this diagnosis at a young age. I mean, 40 something is not old. Although as right. a kid, I thought it was old. Now that I'm mid thirties, I'm like, oh my God. Yeah, yeah. 10, 12 years from now, right? That's insane. Right. So at, at, at the time of his death or shortly following his death, the Walt Disney Company created a memorial fund in his name at Carnegie Mellon, which it turns out there wound up being an internship program there for Disney Imagineering. So it was, wow. it's been said that, the, that Randy wound up kind of bridging this gap or creating a relationship between Disney and the university that allowed yeah. them to have an internship program for Imagineering. Cool. But they, they created this fellowship for him that wound up supporting graduate students. But here's where it relates to the attraction. The quote that you see there at the teacups is his. So yeah. it, they actually wound up memorializing him in a Disney attraction area. Awesome. And the quote is this. Be good at something. It makes you valuable. Have something to bring to the table because that will make you more welcome. It's mm. like, huh. So if you think about yeah. it, I don't know that it really has anything to do with Alice in Wonderland or the teacups. It just wound up being here at the spot. And if you go and search this, there's a photo of, of his surviving family with Bob Iger taking a picture right in front of the teacups wow. when it was dedicated to him. So if you happen to go back to the teacups when the parks are open and you get your park pass, good luck to you. Just take a moment out, go read the quote, and just kind of stand there for a moment. Think like, I don't know, it's cool to know that someone's journey which could have ended sadly or could have ended kind of on on a right. somber note he was able to put a nice quote out to the world have a viral video about how your life is yours to live go out there and achieve your childhood dreams and this is how mm -hmm. he thinks we should should accomplish it it's right there right right there ready for it's you to read That's in fantasy cool. like, land how many people can be like yeah his memorial is at a, like on one of the rides at disney park yeah at one of the most visited if not the most visited park in the world right. i think it actually right. is the most visited park in the world so that's nuts. That is cool. Nuts. So.
So that's all for the teacups. That's it, folks. Okay, we're going to move on over to Storybook Circus. Soikus. Did I say that right? Yes. I feel like I'm always saying it wrong. I always go to call Dumbo. it Storybook Circus, and I don't know why. Storybook. Uh, we're going over to Storybook Circus to talk about Dumbo. <laughs> He's a little flying elephant. I don't know. Maybe you heard of him. Um, so what Disney says, it says, soar high in the sky and see an elephant fly on a whimsical flight above Dum- aboard Dumbo. An ear-born adventure oh based God. on the 1941 <laughs> Disney animated masterpiece Dumbo. This classic attraction lets you hop atop everybody's favorite circus elephant as he discovers he can fly. Dumbo's faithful friend, Timothy Q. Mouse, helps keep you aloft with his magic feather. As the jubilant organ melody begins, lift off for a graceful cruise around and around and around Storybook Circus. Fly high or stay low. You can adjust your altitude during your flight so you can soar high or swoop low. Play while you wait. Before your flight, step into the big top tent and let your wild animals frolic in air-conditioned children's playground for all ages. You'll be alerted when it's time to board your flight. That was a lot. You can tell which part of that description broke me because I laughed for like 10 seconds. <laughs> Earborn? That, Come on. It, it says Earborn Adventure. My goodness. So they do have a little bit of, um, what's the word I'm thinking? I sense of humor? Think. Yes, they do have a sense of humor. Anyways, the origin story, obviously, this is based on the film from 1941, Dumbo. Its original attraction opened at Disneyland in October of 1955, which was three months after the park opened. So it was not like an opening day attraction. It opened a few months later, and we'll talk about why. Um, there were four other, there are four other versions of the attraction that were opening day attractions as well at their respective parks, which we'll talk about that. Um the original design of the attraction had 10 ride vehicles that were not supposed to represent the one and only Dumbo, but the alcohol-induced pink elephant seen from the film. Mm-hmm. I did not know this. This was like the original idea for the ride. Um, it was scheduled to be an opening day attraction, but instead um, it opened later. Obviously, that we talked about that they, just because they had flawed prototypes to it. Um, and then in Magic Kingdom, it originally opened um, in 1971, so it was opening day. Can I tell you that I'm kind of now as an adult, I'm kind of upset that they didn't have the pink elephant version. I know. I'm like, that'd be really interesting. What I think would be cool. And I know they can't, but I would love it if they were somehow able to just pop little overlays over the, over the elephants for Halloween or something. I think that'd be awesome. Or if they made one, the pink elephant, because they have two, which I'm sure you're going to mention, but spoiler, they have two at Disney world. So I wonder if they could do one pink elephant and one, just a regular elephant? I don't know. Right, right. It's never going to happen. Um. So, yeah. So, you know, opened in Magic Kingdom 1971. It was actually designed differently from the Disneyland counterpart. Part, and we're going to talk a little bit about that. So the construction, um, it's an aerial carousel. So it's kind of the same idea as the Astro Orbiter, but it's on the ground. Um, it uh, has 16 ride vehicle, vehicles. They each resemble Dumbo. And they're mounted on articulated armatures connected to a rotating hub. Say that five times fast. Um. The passengers ride in the Dumbos and they can maneuver them up and down with a joystick that operates on a hydraulic ram. So that's kind of, I guess, what you would call that ride system. Yep. (laughs) Write that down, folks. Um, The ride itself rotates counterclockwise at a constant rate. And I'll tell you why later that's important. And then a figure of Timothy Q. Mouse, currently voiced by Chris Edgerly, rides atop the central hub. Um, Now we're going to talk about how it's changed. For the first two years in Disneyland, the hub of the original Dumbo ride lacked the ball with Timothy Mouse figure on it. Also, the original Dumbos had hinged ears that were supposed to flap. 
but they fail due to a number of mechanical problems. So basically they just remain stationary. So if you see, I guess in the original ones, you can see that they have ears that like should be moving, but they're not. Um, it says they remained stationary until the mid 1960s. And then when the new Dumbers were given cast, they just did them without the hinges. So that's why the ears are just stationary now. Uh, and it was given another slightly newer modification around 1978. Uh, on opening day, the elephants created for this version oddly had no hats. I thought that was interesting. Yeah, I wonder why. The test vehicles were eventually re-updated shortly afterwards with the elephants now wearing hats, like the Disneyland version, while Timothy and his ball were eventually added around 1971. It was like a disco ball. In 1993, the ride was later updated with the 16 vehicles and the new ride mechanism. 1997, the attraction's queue was covered to provide shade and decorated with topiaries. So again, kind of another like rain covering for it, I guess. Uh, and then in 2011, Magic Kingdom's Fantasyland underwent a large expansion. They had, you know, the big renovations, all the things that happened over there for the new Fantasyland. And that was done in like phases. Mm-hmm. So on January 8th of 2012, they closed for a refurb. There were two expansions to the Storybook Circus area, and both were opened by December 6th of 2012. An expanded Dumbo, the Flying Elephant Ride, was built in this new location with an interactive queue. So that was a new thing. Um, March 21st, 2012, which was like the first expansion, during the soft opening, it was revealed that the new attraction receive, uh, would receive the water features that had been included um, in other Disney parks around the world. So originally, I don't know if you remember going as a child, like we didn't have that water feature to begin with. Do you know why? Um, it was because of the Utilidor, right? It's yeah, like, where that Dumbo the... was positioned, they couldn't get the water there. Yeah. They had yeah. actually already, I was reading up on it earlier today, that they the work that they did do, they had to reinforce the Utilidors to be able to withhold the ride above it, but they couldn't. They just yeah. couldn't route water that way. Yeah. So I guess they figured out how to add it. Yes. Well, where <laughs> it is now, it's not above. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's right. So unlike other versions, an additional effect occurs at night when the fountains light up and they change colors. And that was picked up from the Disneyland version. Um, but we actually have more colors, apparently. I'm like, okay. They're like, but we have more colors, so we're better. Um, <laughs> so that was another thing added. The vehicles, which are richly detailed and vibrantly colored, they now spin clockwise. Okay, so now they don't spin counterclockwise. They spin clockwise from the original version. Obviously, the original one was constructed. like So this was added, right? So the two sides were added. Um, and that was a soft opening on June 22nd of 2012. The attraction also features a new soundtrack and artwork panels at the bottom of the carousels that tell the story of Dumbo, like the Prince Charming Regal Carousel attraction. Hmm. So that was added, new artwork. A new central hub was introduced that lacks the hot air balloon with Timothy the Mouse and the Magic Feather. Um, so it says this figure has been moved above the attraction's marquee. So they like, I guess originally it was a hot air balloon. And then they then it went to like a disco ball. Yep. So the hot air balloon was then moved to the very top of the attraction. I think he had a feather at first. Yeah, because it's like at some point he had a training whip. And I want to say originally it was a hot air balloon and the feather. And then it moved to the training whip on the disco ball. Yes. I think the whip sounds was, really weird. <laughs> yes. I think the whip was the thing that people had a problem that with. Changed. Yes. Yeah. Because it's like he's supposed to have this feather. Um, and then the signature feature of the new version is an indoor queue themed to the big top from the film um, inside guests receive ticket themed pagers where they can wait until prompted and small children can play in the play area themed to Dumbo's fire and rescue stunt scene. So that was obviously like the big new thing. I remember going in there for the first time being like, this is crazy, but it's really cool. Um, so that was, I guess the other big thing that was added. Let's talk about some cool facts. You ready? Yes. Always ready. 
Okay, it's located in Fantasyland at six Disney parks around the world. I thought that was cool. Uh, one elephant from the ride is in the collection of the Smithsonian's National Museum of American History in D.C. It was donated in 2005 on the occasion of Disneyland's 50th anniversary, which I thought that was kind of cool. Yeah. Um, it's like you can go see one of the original ones. Each of the parks, with the exception of Disneyland Paris, has an extra Dumbo vehicle located outside of the attraction to be used by guests for better photo opportunities. Yes. All of the Dumbos, with the exception of the newer Dumbo in Walt Disney World, spin counterclockwise. The newer Dumbo in Walt Disney World spins clockwise. I don't know why that is, but it's like they all spin counterclockwise and ours spins clockwise. I wonder why. I don't know, but I just was like, that's very interesting. Um, I thought this was cool. This doesn't have to do with Disney World, but during his 1957 visit to Disneyland, former United States President Harry S. Truman politely declined a ride on Dumbo, the flying <laughs> elephant, due to the elephant being a Republican symbol. Oh, my God. Get yeah, over yourself. Yeah, I was like, mm, politics. Um, and then this says for nostalgic visitors, a replica of Magic Kingdom's 1971 version currently exits, sorry, currently exists at Tokyo Disneyland which is the only part to still feature 10 flying elephants and Timothy spinning on a disco ball. It is also the only other park aside from Disneyland to have Timothy holding a whip. Whip. A whip. Um, And from what I could find, the ride is a minute and a half. So it's just another one of those, like it's, it's a minute and a half. Yeah. They play music. You go up and down. Whoop-de-doo. Two people can fight, uh, can fit in a ride vehicle for each elephant um what else i think that's I love, about it i love the way you say vi- vehicle vehicle yeah, how I don't do know. you say it vehicle vehicle Vehic- i don't pronounce it's the because h because i say vehicle yes <laughs> it's not right you're right i mean there's an h in there right yeah. i just pronounce it vehicle like it, there's no h vehicle vehicle i feel like this is the thing about my notes too i feel like there were more things that i'm like missing but i'm like no that's all i put down in my notes yeah somehow one thing you didn't cover was the time that we were almost late for the airport I'm surprised this didn't make the news because my <laughs> sister at the time, I mean, this was years and years and years ago. She was probably three or four years old, um, insisted that we had to go on Dumbo before we flew home and was oh. crying, cry, cry, you know, like, I guess like babies do, but baby, she was like it's three years old. a minute and a half. Well, the line, obviously I could go into, we had to, wherever we were, we had to walk to, this is at back when Dumbo was where it used to be by the carousel area or wherever right. over there. Um, and that's all I think about when I think of Dumbo is I have like this, not a scar, but like this memory of like anxiety of, oh my God, we got to go. And I was probably not old enough to even know what would what it would mean to us if we missed our flight. I just remember my parents being like, what's going on? We got to go. Yeah. But of course they caved. Got to ride that Dumbo. And now she's a spoiled brat. Just kidding. She, not that she, only, I think we pretty much only ride Dumbo if we're with his family because we're just like, it's a nostalgic thing. We all got to do it. Let's go do it. It does make for some awesome photos though. If you could, If you can work your camera right to where... You are stationary and in focus, but the background is blurred. That's a cool photo. Yeah. Especially. It's like what Disney always uses for promotional things. Like think about all the Disney commercials you've seen over the years. Typically there is someone or a family riding in Dumbo. Yes. It's iconic. It's great. It just, it shows well in videos and photos because it's motion, but the subjects get to stay still, but the backgrounds don't. Right. So it's perfect. Great. um, Great backdrops too. Yes. Especially at nighttime. I feel like a lot of times it's nighttime because of the like how lit up everything is and it just looks yeah. so cool and whimsical and if you get there everybody's at that... smiling. I mean, you can't not smile on Dumbo. Like Yes. If you get on Dumbo, you're like, it doesn't matter who you are, you're smiling. Yeah. Like because either you're like, This is so dumb, <laughs> like And it is dumb. But I'm having but I'm having so much fun, or you're just I you're just 
enthralled because it's one of your favorite things. I mean, so, it's it's in the name of the ride, right? Even it's, if it's you dumb. think it's lame, it's still fun. If you can get there at what photographers call blue hour or like that nice like dusk time yeah. where like the sun is the setting, but it's like golden hour? golden hour. They call it all kinds of things. Usually it's okay. it's also called blue because the, the sky winds up taking like projecting this blue yeah. kind of vibe over everything. But it's like yeah. just dark enough to where you can see the lights on the buildings. But it's yeah. still light enough to where you get a good so picture of yourself. Out. Like that's a yeah. great time to ride Dumbo. If I could recommend anything to you, if you want to get some really good Instagram photos. Yes. Of your kids. or videos. <laughs> that's videos. Make them go on Dumbo at that time. You're like, no, we can't go unless it's golden hour. Yes. or whatever it is. We must go. We got to. You have to get a fast pass. Or for, I mean, right now the sun. It's still light out at like eight forty-five at night here. Oh yeah. Oh, which yeah. Is I awesome. like go to bed at ten, and I'm like, it still feels yeah. like it's still light out. <laughs> so, I can see the light through my window there, and I'm going to bed. <laughs> Uh, let's round out this deep dive and cover the magic carpets of Aladdin mm. over in Agrabah slash Adventureland. Which um, are always super packed. It is a congested area, which we'll talk yes. about how, what they had to do to get this attraction to fit in this area. It wasn't exactly. I will, a, I will go ahead and preface and say this is one of my least favorite areas to walk through. Okay. I like, can hear that. Because you can't just around, walk straight. Like you're, yeah. yeah, if you're going into Adventureland and you're trying to get to like Pirates, I freaking hate that little corridor right there because it's so small. No one's like no one's on the side that they're supposed to be on. Correct. Then you add strollers in there and like people just not paying attention. And I'm like, it is a yes. nightmare. And because it is it is like an overflow stroller parking kind of an area thing. Yes. And you have the camel that spits. You're like trying to avoid the spit. So you kind of have to. Right. Order. So. Well, and then you have the like misting drum tiki things. Yes, like that are just... right there too in the way. I'm like, we need to move some of these things. Because that big area, um, that big courtyard area in front of Jungle Cruise, I feel like they could take something out in that area and make that all open. Yeah. If they just move the, at least maybe the tiki fountain drum thing, move that over. So. Yeah. Let's start with how Disney describes it. We'll talk about our usual construction and statistics and whatnot. According to Disney, this is how they describe the magic carpets of Aladdin. Make it good. <clears throat> Climb aboard a colorful four-passenger flying rug, in quotes, rug, and take off into the air to soothing sounds of Middle Eastern music. Soar around a giant genie bottle and magic lamp and enjoy a new view of the colorful bazaar below. How dare they call it a rug? It's a carpet. It's a carpet. It is a magic carpet. Disney, how dare you? How dare you? The only thing here that's a rug is what's on top of my head. Just kidding. I probably should start investing in a toupee. It's getting bad. So don't. I'm digressing. That would be so awkward. <laughs> you well, I just like to think that. I would that, love to see you in a, a toupee. Well, like in the wedding episode of The Office when Kevin has his little toupee yeah. on, that's what I want out of life is a toupee. You have like to make that. that smirk the whole time too. Yes, we're like I'm proud of how I look, even though it's not really yeah. me. Anyway. That's how Disney describes it. This was added to Adventureland in May of 2001, which I say it like that because I can't believe it's been 19 plus years and I still I think know. of that as a semi-new attraction. Was that just an open spot before? Pretty much, yeah. I mean, I'm like literally trying to remember what it looked like before that. Yes. So let's talk about that then. The installation of the, of the ride required some reconfiguration of the area. There mm -hmm. was a fountain at the edge of the plaza mm -hmm. in front of the Tiki Room that had to be reduced to make room for the ride. Okay. They also okay. had to take down some smaller corners of buildings and stuff to allow for the footprint of the ride plus space around it for guests to travel around. Right. So 
Um, and space for people to wait in line for Dole Whips. Just yeah, that so came, well, I that mean, came, that came way later. Kind of. I mean, it did come later because at the time the Dole Whips were sold at yeah. the other place where it is now. But still, like that area was getting crowded, so Busy. they kind of had to do. Busy. Yeah. Um, like we mentioned, the ride is in a minute and thirty seconds long, and the uh, there's a little bit of a variation here on the concept you were talking about on Dumbo and Astro Orbiter, where there's a mechanism or a lever, if you will, to control yeah. the height of the volume. This one's different because you got people in the front who can control the up and down motion of the carpet, whereas the back seat has the option to tilt the carpet kind of forward or backward. So you get up, down, and a tilt. Okay. And you can fit four, four people. people in- yep. Okay. So two in the front. Well, depending on the dimensions of the guest. Right. Two in right. the front, two in the back. Um, so four each. There are 16 carpets total, just like mm-hmm. there are 16 Dumbos over in uh, Fantasyland. In addition to reconfiguring some of the area, they also did a lot of work in the repaving of the area. So obviously they had to dig up the what was there to, to fit the soil here and then repave it. Right. But they wound up using the technique that you see all over Animal Kingdom, where it's that like textured, lived in kind of cement or whatever mix. I don't even truly know how much of it is concrete or cement, but where it has imprints and things in it. You've seen it all throughout um Animal Kingdom, they they say that they kind of perfected it there in Animal Kingdom. Yeah. And although it's not the only place in Magic Kingdom with it, you can if you walk around, you'll notice it. It's got that enriched look. And it wound up being developed by Imagineer character plaster designers. So almost like they were casting it in a certain way. You know, it's got like things. Right. Um, we'll talk more about that in our cool facts. Like we mentioned with the Astro Orbiters and kind of like the teacups, although this is totally out in the open and you can see it as soon as you walk into the area, this definitely adds that kinetic feeling to it. It does, whether or not you like the attraction, it does give the vibe of like that, you know, things are moving and shaking here in this in this area. Yeah. And, you know, I was looking at Yelp reviews. Don't ask me why. I was looking at Google reviews and Yelp reviews for this attraction because I thought for sure people would just poop all over it. Because I don't know, I, I don't really hear like, it's either I hear nothing about this ride or that people don't like. I don't hear a lot of like, we love it. But I will say that in reading the, some of the reviews, there was one that talked about some of this particular person happened to really, really like this attraction for what it is, which is fine. But um, I was reading someone's account of how they were able to experience what they consider a magical moment, which is they just happened to go on it. Maybe they didn't realize it. But they went on it just as the fireworks were starting. And Mm, although you can achieve this in a couple of different areas, what's cool about the magic carpets is you you still face the direction as from the castle. Like your perspective is still, quote, in front of the castle. So the fireworks are still happening behind the castle. You know what I'm saying? Whereas with Dumbo... You're in the middle of, you look one way, there's yes. fireworks in the back, and you look the other way. Right. So it is, a to me, I think that's actually a really cool experience to go on the Magic Carpets of Aladdin with the fireworks going off because you're in kind of a darker area. So I feel like it'll when the fireworks go off, it illuminates the land around yeah. you in a, in a really unique way. And I think that would be cool to do. I don't think that I've done it. My goal is to try to accomplish that and somehow yeah, take a photo. Like, but adults walking up here at the sound we want to see some fireworks for a minute and a half karen yes and the <laughs> nice thing about happily ever after once we resume fireworks and stuff is it's 18 ish minutes so you could chances yes. are that time of night you might be able to go on right. one or two times three yeah. times in a row and kind of just do your best if you're looking to get a photo or a cool instagram video of you with like info and fireworks in the background i'm sure you could yes. accomplish it yes in that moment so let's talk about some cool facts I was mentioning how the area was repaved with that same type of like specialty 
uh, uh, pavement that they put down to make it look cooler. Um, if you take a look around the area, you'll see some things. You'll see some jewelry mixed in there. It happens to be um, items that match items that are sold in the bazaar. So you might see pieces of jewelry and stuff. If you look down, you can actually see those items sold in the store right there, which is like okay, kind of cool. cool. Almost like they kind of got stuck in the ground as it was right. being done. As, yeah. As Abu was sealing them. Could be, yeah. So it almost makes the story that the bazaar was there the whole time because it must have been if its jewelry was now stuck in the ground. You know what I mean? Like that's kind of a cool story point, if you will. Wouldn't it be cool to know like, well, actually while they were laying it, somebody came by and actually bumped one of the stands and a bunch of jewelry fell, fell in yeah or something they were like just leave it just and it'll leave be it. part of the it'll be part yeah. of the story now yes well they also <laughs> a whole conspiracy about it <laughs> yes it's like the broken off stick thing that people thought was the ring from the bride yes. that they wound up having to put back as an actual ring because the story yes. was so present could be yes so uh in addition to the We'd to the cover in another episode of that park life podcast yes, in a deep dive of our uh classic style dark rides of walt disney world bop, 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 bop. Talk about how to haunt imagine so one last thing about this concrete area or at least the pavement there is in addition to the jewelry you'll also see bits and pieces of tile that were taken from one of the buildings that they needed to remove for this ride so if you're oh. like why are there like rando pieces of tile back. yeah it's just a little bit of hey this is what existed in this general area years ago. This... Alone in the moon. kidding. <laughs> Are you kidding? Because um, you look like you're really into it. <laughs> I am really into it. Um, one last thing I'll mention here about the magic carpets of Al Aladdin is that what? this attraction exists in other parks over at the Walt Disney Studios in Disneyland Paris. It's called the Flying Carpets over Agrabah. So they don't even mention Aladdin there. And in Tokyo Disney Sea, it is Jasmine's flying carpet. Oh, which is okay. kind of interesting because although Aladdin discovered it, Jasmine's allowed to take a little little stroll, well, a little ride. And thus, part one of our deep dive of spinning rides comes to a close. Oh, Look out for have, part two. Do we have music for that? Ba da ba ba da ba. That's our music. Here's nuggets. Dip in your sauce and put them in your mouth. Got you know, kind of a few we things going have on. New nuggets. Yeah, we got some things to talk about. Um, listen, I'm gonna start. Let's talk about Splash Laugh. How about that? Sure. Wait, what's okay. going on with Splash Mountain? I don't know. We'll talk about okay. it. Okay. Uh, the first thing that I want to mention is that the Park Pass system is now up and running. So last time we talked, it wasn't up and running yet, and now it is. Um, called it's called Disney Park Pass Reservations. Uh, basically you have to do it from the website. I did not realize this. I thought it was going to be something that you could do in your app, but it's not. You can, essentially everything is saved in your app, right? All your plans are going to be saved there, but you have to go to the website, um, to actually make the plans. Mm -hmm. Now, as of right now, they have dates that they have on the website that say you can book through these dates, like September or whatever. Um, there's no park hopping. You can only do three days at a time if you're a non-resort, uh, park goer, things like that. Um, but Doug actually said he went... It was either yesterday or the day before, and he was able to book for November. Like, he's like, if it's I wanted to, I September could book of 2021. That's oh. why. Oh, my gosh. Please cut that out. Okay. No, no, I, I don't want to cut it out because <laughs> I'm going to tell you something that I actually misinformed a guest this week and told him the same thing because I misread yeah. it as 2020. So, to you out there, if you're a guest and you listen to this, I'm so sorry yes. that I misinformed the one person. Yeah, I think we're all just. I think we were all just like thinking. I assume okay, through September yeah. 20. Yeah. Cause we were like, that doesn't make any sense, but it does because we don't know where things are going to be in the yeah. fall. 
So my bad on that. Yes, it does say September 26, 2021. Okay, yeah. So you can book things now. Obviously, we don't know what's happening with the parks. Um, Greg, you're going to talk about that a little bit now. I do know that a lot of people were having a hard time with the reservation system. Mm -hmm. I think the day that they opened, it was... Um, I talked to one person. Um, she said that she tried for eight hours to get on and was still unable to get a reservation. But I hmm. think it's starting to even out a little bit. I'm yeah, not sure. it's back. To, it's normal now. No, yeah, I I sh- let was- me rephrase that. On that day, it was definitely there were delays. By the next yeah. day, I had no issue getting on and all wow. day. However, don't forget the day this episode releases is the day that you can book park pass reservations if you are a non-annual pass holder and you don't have a Disney resort yes. reservation. Yeah. So this is actually me. I can start booking days now outside of my resort reservations because I'm not an annual pass holder and I'm not always having resort reservations. Right. So this is like if you bought your day tickets or individual tickets and blah, 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 blah. Now, am I, is it correct to say that if, so let's say you are staying on resort, but you're staying for like five days, you can still book, you can book it's all the five length days. of your reservation. Yes. It's the length of your reservation. Okay. So yep. only if you are not staying on resort, do you have to, you only have three days like that you can book for. Yes. Yeah. And, and they don't have to be consecutive, but yes. Yeah. And obviously we talked last week about how the Halloween party has been canceled. We are pretty sure they're going to be canceling the Christmas party. Um, I think they've even mentioned they're like, it's probably going to They're reevaluating or whatever. Yeah. That's their way of saying. Yes. We're evaluating that we're going to cancel it. <laughs> Let's move over to the other coast for a moment and talk about what's happening there because Disneyland announced that they are in a position where they have to delay their opening. They will not have, mm-hmm. based on how long it took the governor over there to approve the uh suggested date or their their requested date they won't have time to get their cast in the door basically to open for the date that they announced because of stuff that's going on so you know you may have heard in the news that florida is experiencing a surge in covid19 cases yeah and as of the day that we're recording this it's very recent that they just said bars are not allowed bars that offer alcohol for uh, on-premise consumption and are no longer allowed to do that. They cannot. They basically can't operate to their closing. And this includes yeah. some bars at Disney Springs. That hasn't. I don't know if that's been publicly announced. Just saw some internal documentation, but some stuff at Disney Springs is going to close for sure. And um, it's not a small thing. I know that's they're reducing yeah. capacity for restaurants once again. Not a lot of restaurants went to full capacity anyway. Right. I know, and I can't speak for all of them. Some of them did. Some of them didn't. But trends, you know, as trends continue yeah. here, we don't know. However. When Disneyland announced that later that night, Disney World put out a statement that's like, nope, we are continuing with our plan. We're moving forward with opening for July 11th. Our governor, however you feel about him, also came out and said the same thing, that there are no plans to delay the opening. I mean, our parks, the other parks here are open. SeaWorld's open. Don't know who's going there. No offense. Right. Universal's opening is has been opened. The attendance has not been very high. Unfortunately, you may have heard they've been laying off some of their employees which is terrible i mean if you're an employee there so as far as other news nuggets they are going ahead with food and wine so that's going to be the epcot festival that's going to be open when the park opens Um, the only difference is there obviously they're doing social distancing things but they're not going to be doing like live music because anything that will create crowds they're just not going to do so concert series guys the concert series garden not garden rocks what is it um eat to the beat Yes, Eat to the Beat ain't happening. So we're not going to get to see all of our favorite bands from the early 90s. Or 80s or 70s, or 80s. sometimes that's 60s. True. Yes, That's true. Sometimes they're um, in their 60s. Sorry to break your heart. Also, I mean, my main concern is... 
That's my rickety microphone. Sorry, everybody. Someone needs some WD-40. Uh, my main concern is, are we still going to get pass holder magnets? <laughs> That's your main concern? Um, I mean, honestly, maybe. I have a feeling the answer to that is going to be yes. Yeah. Um, but you never know. Fail me one is what I'm thinking. Well, this is a taste of Food and Wine Festival. That's the official title of it. So I don't know. One thing I don't know is at what point in the year do they start to actually manufacture merch? I would assume that yeah. they probably, I mean, I don't really know timelines, but I'm guessing that they probably would have done it in March, April, May timeframe because obviously everything has to be designed, made, brought, shipped, stocked, and then ready to roll out in August. So I bet you they probably just like as soon as wind started. You, I bet you they have all that stuff like a year in advance. Like, they, I bet It's possible. Um, much more ahead than you would think maybe like, for production and stuff so i wonder as so they're still going like, to sell it getting a design put together and then like production of things yeah. to get like at least the first bit of the first batch if you will out. yeah let me allow me to talk about something that's been in the new disney news that has some strong opinions from people and i totally understand i know that we all experience disney world uh not always in the same way and we have memories for certain rides that maybe other people don't and I grew up going on Splash Mountain all the time. And I'll mm-hmm. tell you that as a as a kid, I probably didn't pay much attention to anything other than the like the drops because that was like the cool part or getting wet yeah. or whatever. I know obviously there was like the fox and the and the bear and whatever. Who cares? And as as an adult, I learned more about the movie kind of because you can't really see it, right? There's no easy way to go find the song right. of the south. Um, and as an adult now. I think, well, if Disney is looking to continue to have rides with instantly recognizable and relelatable characters, by the way, Splash Mountain's being rethemed is the, was the, yes, is, the, is the foundation of my thought here. Um, if, if that's what Disney is looking to do, the idea of whether or not the Song of the South is may be considered a racist movie and we don't want to associate a ride with that almost is like differently important. There's a phrase for you like that. Um, then how the ride itself isn't like a Disney ride. Meaning if you were to ask a kid now, what are the names of the characters on splash mountain? They probably don't know. And I don't even mean kids. There are people listening to this who don't know what Br'er means or what the Br'er patch or Br'er fox, Br'er rare, Br'er rabbit. Those are all just, they're just, they exist. You know what I'm saying? So if you kind of remove, if you're not sure, if you feel like Disney is caving to a group of people and that's your, that's your opinion, I don't necessarily agree or disagree, just just stating other opinions that exist out there. If you look at it from this perspective of, well, how Disney is Splash Mountain when you can't even watch the movie if you wanted to. Right. You know what I mean? I think more so is a lot of nostalgia around it. Yes. Um, Obviously, that's anything, anything that Disney puts out. There's nostalgia. Like if you've gone to Disney at any point in your life, you've seen Splash Mountain, yeah, right. Or it's like you know, it's like Doug with um, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride. Yeah, like that's a nostalgic thing. It's a really weird. It's very weird, and I liked it too. And it's old. And a lot of people aren't really watching that now. I mean, we watch it. We watch it every year, but (laughs) like, um, it's not one of those like super popular things. So I understand the retheming of it. I do get that side of it. However. I do feel like what they have chosen to retheme it to me. That's, I guess that's where I'm like, I could see the argument there yes. because I told Greg before we started recording, I think they're really missing out on not doing it themed Pocahontas. 
because it fits with the frontier land like storyline. Um, she doesn't have any kind of presence in the park. Really? I can't think of anywhere she has a presence. No, I mean, if and, and this, like, is, a- this is not to push Tiana out, right? Because she's at no. least she at least shows up in the <laughs> stage show, by the way. Right. And th- Pocahontas right. like, exists. She walks like, out during Fantasmic, right? She has a little like, boop. Right. hey, I'm here, guys. She Boom, she's gone. Photo op area. Like they have like a bunch of characters from that movie have costumes that are around the parks. Yep. Pocahontas has nothing and hasn't for a long time. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's the hello. How perfect would that have been? Like just around the river bend. Come on. How yeah. perfect would that have been? You could do so many things with that. There's amazing characters in that movie. I'm sorry, but I do think the soundtrack is way underrated. Yes, <laughs> like, there are I some bops in there. Yeah, and I'm just I'm curious how they came to the conclusion um, to do Princess and the Frog versus other projects because, in light of the way that the world is today, it does seem like they are catering to a certain. Uh, group yes and i think that's where people's argument is going to come now disney has come out and said we this this has been in the works for like what a year and a half or something they said more than a year i believe yeah right i'm like i don't know that's just what they're saying because i think that they don't want it maybe to look like they are catering to um a certain group and so that's why i don't know there's so much up for debate here like we could sit and debate it all day long one interesting Uh, thing i think is if they want to say it's been worked on for over a year, that would mean that people are working on it. So at some point, yeah. if it's a lie, there has to be a team somewhere that knows something and they can't swear right. them to secrecy. So like, I yeah. feel like these days, those people might actually come out and be like, if you're going to lie, I'm not going to stand for it. So that's yeah. that's kind of I what makes know. me think that... Nobody trying to lose their job with Disney right now. <laughs> well... I mean, I'm not trying to lose my job with Disney. I'm happy to be back to work. But we would have heard some kind of rumor that they were working. I mean, because they're already doing this restaurant. They're doing a Tiana themed well, restaurant. It's like, we need a They ride announced now? it. Kind of got to. Right. Well, they, you know what I mean? Yes. It's like there are still some other princesses that have zero presence that like are um, that are ethnic. Yes. That could use like, hello. I mean, I hate to say it, but it's like we all know the story of Native Americans in our country. Yes. Like and they still exist is it because there's not a lot of them coming to your parks it's unfortunate because yeah. i didn't even think to be honest i didn't really think about Wakanda until you mentioned it and then if you take the train you go past space mountain space mountain what you do but you go past <laughs> splash mountain and as yeah. you're you know rounding you go past big thunder mountain and then as you're rounding like the the turn the perimeter of the park you see the the like landscapes or what am i looking for like the the scenes of some yeah. Native Americans, right, with their animals yeah. and the teepees and stuff. Teepees and yeah, animals. and when you take the riverboat, that's like their quick nod to the frontier of yes. Native Americans. And I'm like, it's like you guys, uh, that's a big opportunity. I'm like, you actually might attract more people um, by doing something that way. You know what I mean? However, I am. I'm always interested in new stuff, so I'm not at all. I, I don't want this to sound like yeah. I don't think it's a. I personally don't think it's a bad idea. I think. I, the reason why I'm kind of holding out my my firm judgment on it is I want to see how they're going to link a bayou setting into a Frontierland park. Mm-hmm. And I think that they can do it because they are good at what they do with that kind of stuff. I mean, like they're, to, in my opinion, like world-class set of people who know how to theme stuff. Yeah. I mean, if you've seen any new attraction in the last couple of years, these things are themed. So oh, I'm kind of curious to see how they, yeah. how they walk this line with... Disneyland makes more sense because it's in New Orleans. It's right by New Orleans Square, so it's like it's almost like a right. given. Right, that one would make would make way more sense. Which, they could have done one of each. They are doing it right. They're doing both. Yeah, they're doing both. Um, 
And it could just be because they decided that they were going to do that Disneyland. And then they decided well, we're going to change Disney World. It's just easier to make doubles of everything. I have a feeling that's that might that's actually be what it was. Like we're going to save money. We're going to piss a lot of people off, but we're going to save a little bit of money. But I mean, if you take away the the music and the characters from Splash Mountain, which don't get me wrong, are very big factors of the attraction, kind of like Mission Breakout over at what used to be Tower of Terror and Disney California Adventure, the ride itself is still the same, meaning yeah. you're still going to get the big log flume drop. You're like still going to get the fake dropouts, the, you know, the fake out drops in the middle the water like feature areas yeah which will probably more more catered to like ray and the um the lightning bugs and yes stuff like evangeline I, and I stuff like, don't get I, me wrong i that's think it's gonna favorite. it's probably gonna look beautiful in there i just oh, get I'm the sure feeling so yeah. so we'll see when they continue to release if they continue to release more concept art for it and, and stuff continue to campaign for pocahontas to get her something get her just something they have Pocahontas in version of Avatar, but that's a different story. <laughs> that's a different story. <laughs> All right. Well, let's go back in time then and do a little Disney history. Disney. Um, I'll kick us off this time because I almost repeated the, the one that I did this week last year, which is the people who were open. So let's go over to Epcot in 1988 when the Norway Pavilion officially debuted at Epcot with a dedication by the Crown Prince Her- Harald, the King of Norway. I don't know, I think it's so cool that the King of Norway shows wow. up and be like, hey guys, I'm here, and boom, Epcot is now part Norway. And I didn't realize that they like were still on that system over there. They got kings? In the 80s, kings? anyway. I don't know about now. To be honest, no, I don't know much about now. When did that end? When did we change our government? I don't there? know. Um, that is pretty cool, though. The King of Norway is here. That's a very like Disney thing. People are like, this ain't real, right? This guy's not really a king. And they're like, oh, but he is. Um, I'm going to go back to 1981. This is before you and me were we little babies. Um, the Broadway at the Top show opened in the Top of the World Supper Club at Disney's Contemporary Resort. I didn't even know this was a thing. Did you? Did not. The Broadway at the Top show. Um, so it was a lively show highlighting the spectacular best of Broadway's past 30 years. Hmm. Obviously, in 1981 was the 30 years before that. Uh, it was a fast-paced nightclub review of musicals from the days of Cole Porter to Chorus Line and Evita. That kind of gives you an idea of what were the like popular Broadway shows mm-hmm. at the time. Um, and it's where California Grill is now. So oh. California it says today the spot is occupied by the by the California Grill since 1995. And there is a top of the world lounge now located next door. So we obviously know we talked about that before. Yes. Uh, but yeah, part of me was like, where was this? But it was where California Grill was. So I thought it was like, hmm. they had like a Broadway like dinner theater up there. I thought that was cool. I think that place has seen like quite a bit of action considering it's the top of a hotel restaurant. No, you know what I mean? Done a lot to it. They've done um, and speaking of, I'm just kidding. It has no nothing to do with that. But I wanted to mention, guys, World Traveler Trading Co. She has a store on Etsy, and it's amazing. You can get these. Really I'm sorry. Awesome- did you say Etsy? Did I say Etsy? <laughs> no, let's go with it. You know what, guys? Etsy. Sometimes there's like a bootleg version of something, and it's no. like eBay it's instead Etsy. of eBay. It's Etsy for it's for I epileptic Etsy. Etsy shoppers. If I did say Etsy, I'm sorry. It's Etsy, guys. Etsy.com. And you want to type in World Traveler Trading Co. It's just a CL on the end. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, she's got some really awesome key fob things. I am super excited to get mine. I'm pretty much just going to put them on everything. I might just put one on my dog um, <laughs> on her collar just so I can like lead her around if she has something cool hanging, hanging from her um, from her collar. But yeah, she's got some really cool things over there. You can put some different things together. Absolutely love it. And if you use the code ThatParkLife, you get a little discount. Yes. And I would like to say that we are not compensated 
for talking about it. We're just helping out a small shop, and we believe in what she's doing, and uh, she is helping spread the word of that Parklet podcast. But I feel like it's important for you to mention it's not about the dollars, man. Right. We do love our Etsy. We do love our Etsy. We love our Etsy small shops. Yep. Yep. Really not Etsy, just anyone who has a Disney small shop. Um, because hey, we both used to have one. <laughs> yes. I will technically I still do, but I only sold one item. Yeah. Anyway, uh, I have a quote to end our episode today as usual coming up in a moment. If you want to follow us on Instagram, we are at that park life podcast. And by the time you're hearing this, you probably saw my spamming of my stay at Bay Lake Tower since we're going there as soon as I we I hit the end button on this call. Yes. And you know what's happening tonight then, right? Get in that peanut butter pie. It's reuniting time. Peanut yes. Reunited and it feels so good. I'm surprised you didn't play that song. I didn't. Well, you know why? Because I haven't eaten it yet. I want to wait until I've eaten it. Because what uh, if I go there and it's sold out? Yeah, that's true. Uh, I think you will riot is what will happen. It's going to happen. Um, guys, you can follow us over on TikTok as, as well. Right, yes. Greg? Are, yes. we got some good TikTok videos going on. Uh, it's that Park Live podcast, correct? Correct. Correct. You can follow me over at the healthy hot mess on instagram where can we find you greg and i'm also at the disney greg speaking of tiktok it actually is the inspiration for today's disney character quote Mm. because people have been deciding to question some of my choices in my videos it's just people being you know ignorant and negative for no reason on the internet which is like the the you know the foundation of the internet these days basically so So my quote is worry about yourself Yes. All right. We'll see you next week. No, I'm just. Yeah. <laughs> well, um, I'm not going to say what people are. Just a few people. They, they don't. They don't deserve uh, a repeat of what they said. But my quote today comes from the movie Bambi, specifically Thumper, and Thumper says, "If you can't say something nice, don't say nothing at all." Don't say nothing at all. And and with that, my quote for the day comes from a movie called Steel Magnolias, and it's, "If you can't say something nice." Come sit next to me. <laughs> oh, boy. Well, on that note, uh, hopefully you have a good week. Everyone's out there staying safe, staying healthy. Wear a mask, please. Enjoy yourself. Bye. We'll right. see you next week. Bye, everyone. <laughs>